Hello, welcome, welcome back. back. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed worship, some great songs this week. And before Jeeves, pre uh, Jeeves preaches, uh, we thought we would spend a time in prayer. Yeah. So dear Lord Jesus, thank you that we're able to spend time with you. Thank you uh, that you are a good God and that you are on our side. And we just pray now as Jeeves come, comes to share um, the word of God, we just pray that this will really just impact um, in our hearts. Uh, and this may uh, really teach us things uh, that we may go forward and have uh, a wonderful week ahead of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jeeves, Over take it away. Stories of the Bible. The Walls of Jericho. This is Joshua. Oh, hey. Joshua was the leader of the Israelites, who God used to bring his people to the promised land. Yeah, let's do it. When God told Joshua it was time to take the promised land, Joshua sent spies into the city of Jericho. While those spies were in Jericho, Come on. they were protected by a woman named Rahab. The spies promised to spare Rahab and her family when they took back the land. And she hung a scarlet cord from her window to remind them of their promise. See you soon! Now the Israelites had crossed the Jordan and were camped near the town of Jericho. Hey! One day, Joshua looked up, huh? and there was a man standing before him. Hello! The man said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Joshua asked what the man wanted to tell him, and the Lord said he wanted Joshua to take the city of Jericho, All right. but that Joshua needed to follow his instructions exactly. You got it. Jericho was shut for fear of the Israelites. No one came out, and no one came in. So the Lord told Joshua to gather his soldiers. march around the city for six days. The priests were to take the Ark of the Covenant, and seven priests were to go in front of it, blowing a ram's horn. On the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times and blow the horn. Then all the people of Israel were to give a great shout. And then the city walls would fall. Yeah, let's do it! So Joshua said, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the people did shout. Yeah! And the walls did fall. The Israelites overtook the city of Jericho as God had commanded. Rahab. They remembered Rahab because of her faithfulness. Joshua was faithful in carrying out God's commands, and the Israelites took many other cities as God told them they would. Oh, nice. For God will never fail to fulfill his promises. So the Israelites came to live in the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, Israel, Joseph, and Moses many years ago.
Well, good morning, Hope Church. Good morning, everybody. On our penultimate summer series Sunday. What does that mean? Summer's almost over. It is. We've got one more week where the gads are going to be take us to conquer Jericho, and then it's back to normal. 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 Well, hey, we've got one more week to go. So let's enjoy it. While let's we're enjoy it. it indeed. And I'm got the privilege of speaking from Joshua 5. Verses 13 to 15. What? What do you, what do you mean just those verses? Just those verses. What, what about yeah, the, 13 to 15. What about the beginning bit? No, that's been cut. What? It's for the kids. I'm, I'm not doing... I've, I've, I've got my illustration. I've got my analogy. I'm ready. You don't need those. I've, what? I've got a song. See us for chosen in Christ. I, I don't have to try. Ah, redeemed in me. See you. Stop now. You don't need those. Verses 13 to 15. That is all. Um, okay. Uh, right. Just that bit. Just that bit. Okay. So I'm going to take these with me. All right. And I'm going to let you have a little think yep. about what you're going to do. Okay. Yep. Great. Because you don't need the front. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can leave those. Uh, Catherine. Catherine. Oh, no. I've got nothing else. Oh, um, why did Ian have to go on holiday this week? Uh, okay. Um, all right. I've got something. I've got an idea. Let's see if it works. Come with me this time. Let's see if this works. You ready? Okay, go. Okay, I think we're in a good place. Well, I'm at Knoll Park here, and I just thought, actually, kind of like as the Israelites at this moment in time were waiting outside the walls. Why not wait outside and be here? Now, here's the moment of the story. I think that we've we've got to take into account. We've just crossed the River Jordan. We're we're about to head into the Promised Land, but we're waiting. Not only are we waiting, we, we just had a moment of carrying these big rocks and, and putting them down as a remembering of what God's doing. And where we've got to this part of the story is that something a little bit odd. In fact, this is what normally happens. What people normally do is they kind of read Joshua 1, 2, 3, 4, 6. They often avoid Joshua 5. Not just because Joshua 5 is a bit odd at the beginning, but because Joshua 5 just feels like we're waiting it feels like there's a moment of just absolute unsure clarity about exactly what is going on. Joshua 5 has kind of the beginning moment of the storming charge in verses 13 to 15. Thank God Catherine reminded me that I'm doing that. Because we come across this holy moment where Joshua meets the army leader of God's army. Now, what does that even mean? Well, let's find out together. Come. Okay. Okay. So this is the moment we've got to. Joshua 5.13 says that there was a man standing before him with a sword drawn at the ready in his hand. Now, when people often read this, they take two assumptions. They make one assumption that it could have been an angel, like Angel Gabriel or something. The reason why it's not that is because right after um, they have this interaction, Joshua falls on his face and worships. We know the Bible doesn't talk about us worshipping angels at all. So it's not an angel 
Nor is it a human man because, well, we're, we're created, we're not to be worshipped. Therefore, we've got this moment where Joshua has an encounter with the living God. It's, it's the Lord, it's the living God. The, the one who's the command of the army is a moment where Joshua is once again encouraged by the living God. We, we saw in Joshua 1, remember, about be strong and courageous. And actually, well, we can, that could be the tagline for the um, entire Joshua series. And once again, just before is go time, just before is victory day of taking on Jericho. Now, granted, it's not straight away, but no spoilers for next week. You've got this moment where the army, the commander of the army of God, i.e. the Lord himself, in a different incarnation, is meeting with Joshua. And Joshua, rightfully so, after all of this waiting, is just asked this question, are you for us or are you for our adversaries, i.e. are you for our enemies? What does the leader answer? He doesn't give him an answer. He goes, no. It's not really an answer, is it? It's like I'm asking, do you want cake or do you want, um, I don't know, a brownie or, or Catherine's blondie, new ground famous blondie? And you're kind of going, no. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense, but he says, no, I, but I am the commander of the arm of the Lord. Now I have come. Do you know what's interesting here? Joshua is having a moment similar to what Moses had with the burning bush. Imagine this bush here, look, imagine this bush here just suddenly comes up with fire. Well, Joshua's moment that he's having right now of seeing this man so drawn, Joshua was a strategic army man. Therefore, when he would have seen that, he would have assumed someone was fighting. But we like with the burning bush that Moses had, Joshua has a moment of speaking with the living God. This is not something to skip over. It's something for us to really take in of what he's trying to say in this moment. Hmm. Let's figure this out together. Okay, so, why is this important? Why is it important for us to figure out that this, the commander of the army of God was the Lord himself? There's kind of two key reasons. Let, let's tackle one of them now. The first key reason is because it's a, once again a reminder to Joshua that the Lord is with him. In fact, after Joshua lies down and worships him, he asks, what do you have to say? What does my Lord have to say? And this is the words that the Lord, the commander says, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Now, remember what I just said about the burning bush being a sign and this being another sign. Well, remember what the Lord said to Moses about the burning bush. The Lord said, take off your sandals for this place is holy ground. You're coming into a holy place. It's the exact same for Joshua. Straight away with those words, Joshua would have gone, whoa, this is the Lord. He is for me. He is with me. Just like he was with Moses, so he is with me. As Joshua 1 says, it's kind of like a sign, a ringing of a bell for Joshua just to remind the thing going, oh, yes, I remember what it means. So the first thing that we can take away from this 
is that it's the Lord that is the command of the army of God. Us being part of the army of God. Ephesians 6, talking about we equip ourselves with the armour of God. Why? Because we're part of the army of God. Well, guess who's the command of it? It's the Lord. He is for us. He is with us. We get a fight with him. As we go around kind of areas of life, different places, he is commanding us. He is helping us. He is for us. When Jesus said the Great Commission in Matthew 28 to say, go into the world and make disciples, he wasn't just saying it in a way of going, well, I'm going to be aloof and I'm going to go. He's saying that in a way of saying, I am going to lead you to make disciples. That is my commission to you as the commander of the army of God. Well, as much as it's assigned to Joshua, how much is it assigned to you? To mind us, actually, we are fighting for and with God. It's incredible. Well, why don't we head on to the second reason of, of what this means? Okay, well, here's the second reason. This one, to be honest with you, is kind of obvious, but often forgotten. The reason why it's really important for us to recognise that the command of the army of God is God is because he's God. Hear me out. We often kind of look at God and sometimes put the fluffy rabbit complex on it. I.e. we just look at only the grace, only the love, only the little bit that is kind of nice and fluffy and oh it's God, he'll do all these kind of things. We forget the absolute warrior the commander the, the the one who fought for us the one who had the strategic plan for us to be saved it, it wasn't just something that was done just because of love it was done out of love that was strategic out of war it was fighting for us fighting for our lives he had his sword drawn with the crown of thorns on on his head on the cross so that with that battle, he would win. And what would he win? Well, he would win us. Therefore, what's really important for us to recognise that the command of the army of God is God, and therefore we're fighting for God, but that he is God. He's not just a little, it's not just a little thing. It's massive. It's huge. And this is why, though, OK, I'll be careful not to talk about it too much, but though we kind of jumped over the beginning of Joshua 5 it's really important to recognize that the beginning of Joshua 5 it was kind of a renewal of knowing that the Israelites were God's people why because they belonged to him that he was on their side that he was there for him it reminds me of kind of the Narnia story where everyone knows that if you're on Aslan's side you have Aslan it's so not only that Aslan is the commander of it, it's the fact that he is Aslan. He does what he wants. Interesting, hey? Okay. Look, let's, let's put ourselves in Joshua and the Israelite shoes. They have gone from Egypt. The, the whole generation's done. They've taken on the, the River Jordan. They, they know that they're, the end game is the promised land. And they're waiting. 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 Doing things that an army probably wouldn't have done. I mean, you know, Joshua 4, they would have been tired carrying these stones. 
in, in, in beginning of Joshua 5, they would have just had that kind of circumcision and that kind of thing. They'd be in pain. In fact, in, in, Gen uh, in Genesis 23, it talks about two of Jacob's sons literally tricking some people to go through it. And they killed an entire city for the men. So they would have been in pain. In fact, Joshua 5 talks about that they actually had to wait to be healed. They suddenly had to eat. They, they had to wait. Um, manna was no longer provided for them. That was provided more this time, in a sense, as a sign that God is going to fulfill um, their nourishment and still provide for them, just not through kind of the same old way, but through the new way. All that time waiting. But here's the difference. This moment right now, not only have we got the reminder in Joshua 4, now we've got the inspiration in Joshua 5. You've got like the kind of big, big dog stepping into the scene. The fella to go, actually, I am here with you. This glorious moment. That's kind of similar to everything else. Like if you look at, uh, I don't know, Isaiah 6. 6, where we're in the throne room of God, seeing God in his great power and glory. Or Revelations 3 and 4, um, sorry, 4 and 5, where we've got this uh, kind of, we're in the throne room of God. And we've got the Lamb that has come as a symbol of Jesus. In Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've got this moment where I'm looking at this God and I can go, because of him, we can do it. We're reminded about what God has done, but we're inspired about what God is about to do. Now, if I have this whole story, everything that we see of God is not what we would conventionally see as tactical army strategy. I want to cross the River Jordan. I would find another way. Or I want to carry stones, lifted them up. I want to have gone through that moment of of kind of being chosen the army of God through a physical act. I would have rested. I would have planned. And when it comes to Jericho, I want to have just walked around it. The point of this is not. It's not my army. It's not me. It's God's army. It's Him. See, this is how we often read this story. And for example, this is how we often read Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, when we often sometimes read it, is we emphasise the I. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Actually, what that is, is prosperity gospel. That is wrong. Because I am not the centre of it. No, it should be read as, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's through Christ that I can do all things. That is inspiring. And that's the thing. That's why it's important to wait. That's why it's important for us to have had this moment of remembering an inspiration. Reminding us that God provides Reminding us that we are part of God's chosen people. Reminding us that God will always satisfy us. But inspiring us so that God is in control of the battle. For us, it's really important, I think. Even in a time like this, during lockdown, where we're kind of going, will God provide for tomorrow? Will What will happen next week? Will things be lifted over the next few weeks? Or 
what's going to happen? When will I be able to properly enjoy being my friends and my family? Will I be able to have the next paycheck come in? All this kind of stuff that Ian was talking about in terms of fear, it's talking about, we need to talk about faith. We need to know that the leader, the command of the army of God is for us. Not just with us alone, but for us. He's fighting on our heart, on our side, on our behalf. We are about to head into Jericho. We're about to head into to conquer the promised land. We need to be inspired. We need to remind ourselves who we are. Romans 8, 37 to 39. No, we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither height nor depth nor uh, angels nor demons nor rulers nor powers nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's not just a fluffy sentence to just kind of go airy-fairy, oh, isn't Christianity easy? It's a sentence of knowing that we are part of the battle but yet, the commander is fighting for us. I'm more than a conqueror because he's won it for me. This is not prosperity gospel. It's not about hard effort gets hard reward. No, it's grace. But it's knowing a battle is at play. Well, it's time to head to Jericho. Where's your heart? Are you reminded by what God has done? But are you also inspired to pick up your sword after falling on your feet in front of the holiness and glory of God to be able to go, yeah, I'm fighting. It's time to fight. Well, there's an opportunity to pray. And if, if you are interested, we would love to talk to you more about Christianity. We'd love to tell you more about this Jesus, this commander of the army of God. We would love for you to know more of his glory, more of his goodness. And I, I would love for you to email at Hope Church, at office at hopechurch7oaks.org.uk. And if you do, we would love just to talk to you about how good he is. Well, I'm going to pray. And it's time to go. So that's it. That's the penultimate week. We're about to head into Jericho. But why don't we pray? as we kind of prepare for the walls to come down. Well, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are reminded by your goodness, that you provide for us, satisfying us, but you also inspire us by being the lead commander of the army of God. Father, what a privilege it is for us to be part of the army. We are equipped with the armor of God so we can stand firm and fight your battle, your way, your strategy. It's about you and not about us. And I pray that we remember that today. In your holy name, amen. Well, time for the walls to come down. Next week, Jericho. Let's go.